63, and it's going to continue on to the exact nature of the rock. Here we go. Next, we launched out on a course of vigorous action, the first step of which is a personal house cleaning many of us had never attempted. Though our decision was a vital and crucial step, it could have little permanent effect unless at once, followed by a strenuous effort to face and to be rid of the things in ourselves which had been blocking us. Our liquor was but a symptom, so we had to get down to causes and conditions. Therefore, we started upon a personal inventory. This was step four. A business which takes no regular inventory usually goes broke. Taking a commercial inventory is a fact-finding and fact-facing process. It is an effort to discover the truth about our stock and trade. One object is to disclose damaged or unsaleable goods to get rid of them promptly and without regret. If the owner of the business is to be successful, he cannot fool himself about values. We did exactly the same thing with our lives. We took stock honestly. First, we searched out the flaws in our makeup which had caused our failure. Being convinced that self manifested in various ways what has defeated us, we considered its common manifestations. There we go, Paul. That's going to get us started today. And um, let's have a great meeting. Yeah, well, Paul Alcoholic, hello, everybody. Thanks for having us. And uh, yeah, well, what's that? It's all in there. But I'd like to see the, uh, the, the weird thing that he says, we're going to start taking a personal inventory. Then he describes it as a business. So it's sort of strange. And then the idea of unsaleable goods to be able to recognize that. Uh, look at people who are hoarders, right? They may have a lot of unsaleable goods, but because they're held as theirs, they keep storing it, taking it wherever they go. It just freaking piles and piles up. But there's that identification with the stuff that causes them to be blind to their value. Yes? Someone else comes in and says, you don't need 50 corkscrews. Yes. You, you know, one would do. Maybe another one, just in case you lost the first one. So, But to the person who has the 50 corkscrews, where did I come up with that? Who knows? But the corkscrews... They somehow, some have some kind of bondage or, or something concerning those corkscrews. They move, they spend money storing it, and, and they never get to use them at all. So I feel, uh, you know, they use the word personal, but really to do a fearless and thorough inventory, you have to see it impersonally, because if you see it personally, there'll be a lot of uh, agendas going on. Yeah, that you're not going to be fearless and thorough. You're going to forget a lot of shit <laughs> and try to avoid a lot of the big elephants in the room. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I like the idea of the unsaleable goods. And then I feel it's what he's saying there is six and seven, really. Yeah, you're going you're gonna to be willing, or like we say in six... Uh, entirely ready to have this stuff removed yeah so the stuff we see in four and then sh and then we see the patterns in in the fourth step and then we see them more clearly by sharing it with the, the power and another person 
that stuff gets brought to six and seven. So when that unsaleable goods appear, our personal uh, connection with it has been weakened. So we're willing for it to be taken. Yes. So I'm not going to fight the people who are taking the 48 other corkscrews because I've realized <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's not working. So, uh, so I feel that's captured there. And uh, I believe if we look at our role in things, we're going to see something else's role in things. Yeah. And that is self. And then we're going to maybe after you've done inventory, maybe you can go back and then quote unquote do it again with another theme, which is to see self's manifestations as what has defeated us and to see the patterns of those manifestations and see what self takes to be important and what maybe you take to be important. And you may see a lot of difference in those two aspects, yeah, to the point where you've taken your, your face to be your ass. So you're trying to live for an image and you're losing your ass in the process. Yeah. This is what AA does. It just, it's almost like an anatomical class. Your ass is pointed out and your face is pointed out and the ass is the priority <laughs> instead of your face, yeah. which in the obsession with self, obviously your face is the priority. Yeah. You're the image. So, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm just a believer in what we put out here. And because it's not readily put out in a lot of ways, we try to stick to it. Yeah. Every week to sort of pound away with this idea, which is in the book, you know, you can, I don't see how you could read it any other way. And that statement that starts on page 64, being convinced, well, how did I come to that condition? Well, through the steps, basically, the first three steps, yeah? Hopefully the first step. So now you're convinced of a lot of shit you were in denial of, yeah? So some, the shit that you've been avoiding and not allowing it to land is finally landed, yeah? You're outmatched, you're powerless, you've been defeated, yeah? All right, that opens you up to seeing that self is manifested in various ways is what has defeated us. Now that statement goes quite contrary to the constant of narration of the defeat, doesn't it? It's them or you that has defeated you. It's the judge or the mother or the father or the boyfriend, the girlfriend or the employer or me. Yeah. But it was never put, it was never been pinned on self, so to speak. Yeah. And then don't you see the parallel why the problem keeps thriving in the solution? Because it migrates wherever we are. So when we're brought into the solution, we're identified as the problem. So the problem gets, enters the solution and then it wreaks havoc. Yeah. It limits the effects that can occur. Yeah. It blinds you to miracles and demonstrations of the power doing for you what you can't do for yourself and keeps on trotting out the same narrative all day. Yes, on and on and on. You're never going to get it. You're, you're not going to stay sober, whatever. It just keeps running. The sh it's just constant. And and the, the thing is, we're, we're like a rapt audience. We're listening to it all day. Yeah, we're listening to it 
beyond listening to anything else to the point where its yappings overrides our experience of the day we're in. That to me is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. How, you know, here I'm looking out my backyard, beautiful temperature, sunny. So many different things are blooming or ending their bloom or getting ready to bloom. And to not to have the ability to, re, to respond to that would be a form of slavery in a way, because this is what's on the table. Yeah, this is what life's offering. Yeah, not to be able to show up. And when I do show up, demand it has to look the way I want it to look. Yeah, and all this is just being at the effect of something that's playing God. Yeah, with absolutely very little access to real power. So it's like a fucking weak tyrant. Yeah that has the population of one under his thumb, us. <laughs> so, I mean, I really like to know, you know, whatever I've come up with concerning the problem came from the relief of the problem. That's where it came from. Yeah. <laughs> relief is the greatest teacher of why you didn't have relief. Yeah, you see it. Yeah, because you'll realize, just like it says on page 63, you'll lose interest in self and then gain interest in others. That's a huge statement, really. Because that's the whole theme of the program, is losing interest in self. Not losing interest in you, losing interest in self. They're totally different. And then a gaining an interest in others, yeah? And you can be one of the others you gain interest in, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> and then seeing how you can contribute to your day instead of trying to get something from your day. Yeah, that's a huge turnaround. Yeah, and it's all premised on a losing interest of self. Yeah, and we've come to the conclusion that self can't lose interest in itself. That would be interest in itself. Yeah, so how is there going to be a loss of interest in self? Seeing it's not you, really. Yeah. Because there is us and there is self. Us seems to be up the ass of self. And the only way it can entertain getting free from self is as self, which is a defeat right there and then. Yeah, When there's an activity we live under and we lose interest in that self that's up the ass of self, something comes out the ass looks up the ass, sees self in there, and hopefully sees it as other. Yeah? And now doesn't try to call the divine proctologist to get self out of ass, the ass of self. Leave it there. Fuck it. Yeah? And now get on with your day. <laughs> yeah. So, this is called freedom from the bondage of self. It didn't say freedom... Alcohol isn't even talked about in you know, most of it, yeah? Because they were very clear. Alcohol was just an... When it's flowing, yeah, when, it, when all that shit's happening, it's incredibly influential. But when you stop drinking, you really see where the influence comes from, which is self, yeah? You get to see the root of the problem, which isn't liquid, yeah?
Yeah, it's in the mind, and it's changed. It's it alters our perceptions. It has us believing in a lot of shit that's not so. Yeah, and living a life based on false assumptions constantly. Yeah. How many days do you want to go like that? Yeah. So, yeah. I guess that's it. Yeah. I mean. And if uh, you know, this is just an idea. It's not a thirteenth step. It's not a step that takes all takes away a needing of the twelve steps. It has nothing to do with the steps. It's light. Yeah? It's a clear diagnosis of the exact nature of the wrong, which I hope will lend itself to you as you go through the process of this design for living and this way of life. Yeah? Because I truly believe uh there isn't important to have the right diagnosis, yeah. I had a problem. I remember uh, when I got run over by the car, years later, I had a big rod in my upper left leg, yeah, from my knee to my hip, and it went into the hip uh, socket. And it was a huge rod holding the bone together. And it should have probably been taken out earlier, but I was running around like crazy, and then when I was moving, it would move. I could feel it, yes, and everything. And then when I got, but I was just going to avoid it at all costs. Then I got sober, and I was, uh, bluffed my way into work. And after about 10 months, I was painting the building I lived in. And I saw my knee was super swollen and hot, and I couldn't remember hitting it or anything, yeah? And then I realized, and then it was funny, when I got sober, it sort of sucked in a physical way, because I wasn't feeling well, yeah? I didn't know I had a staph infection the whole time, <laughs> from before, just before I got sober and the first year of sobriety. So yeah, I mean, this thing was <laughs> totally infecting my, my, uh, my, my quality of living without me having any fucking idea. So I go to the hospital, go to doctors, and they do all these tests, and they keep telling me uh, they don't know what's going on. And then after a month, they realize, you have staff. You can't leave the hospital. So the next morning, they operated, and then they saw the colony of the staff living on that rod. So they scraped it completely, and then they irrigated it for two weeks, sitting on the, in a hospital bed with antibiotics, yeah? One day, I, I bend over the bed, and one of the tubes is right out on the floor. It's not even going through my leg. <laughs> and, I, and they didn't do the right thing. So they, two weeks later, they patch me up. They send me home. That night, my leg blows up again, yeah? I got to go back in, and then they did the right thing, which is they took the freaking rod out. See? They scraped the staff, but they didn't take its fucking Petri dish out. Yes? What was causing the staff to be so, uh, to proliferate was the bot, was the rod, this foreign thing inside me. Yeah? Uh, maybe because the cost and shit, they, thought, they took the easier, softer way. 
we're just going to scrape it and just flood it with antibiotics, but it wasn't correct. So as soon as I left, it blew up because the rod, the same causes and conditions were there. Yes? This is the same thing with this, in a way. We're trying to scrape a lot of the shit that's growing on the exact nature of the wrong, trying to scrape it away, but the exact nature of the wrong is still active. Yeah? So it basically is very hospitable for the same shit that used to grow before. Maybe we don't have the drama of drinking and using and getting shot at and stuff, but we're super bummed out and we can't turn the channel off of K-Paul. Yeah? So let's get to, to, down to the exact nature of the wrong. Yeah? And who knows why those doctors, I felt it was because it cost too much money. Because it was obvious, you have the leg open, take the fucking rod out. Yeah? But no. They thought, no, this is going to work. It didn't. It didn't even last a few hours. Yeah? And then I had to go back in, say, two more weeks there. And then three months every day get antibiotics. Weekends, I had to have a nurse come to the house. And weekdays, every day I drove to the hospital and sit in a chair with an IV to flood my body with antibiotics to kill the staff, so to speak. Yeah? This is called misdiagnosis. We see the problem, but we don't respond to it. Yeah? We, cut, we clean up the edges. Yeah? So, this is, the pro this is the proposition we're offering. I humbly believe that alcoholism thrives on obsession with self. Yeah? Alcoholism finds a home when there's an obsession with self going on. Yeah? doesn't do it to everyone, but it does this to a certain strain of folk like us where it takes us down an extreme path of trying to get out of self as self using drugs and alcohol and whatever, yeah? And it leaves a fucking, a lot of destruction and catastrophe for ourselves and others, yes? So it sticks out like a sore thumb. But if you trace it back, the alcoholism has to feed off of something, and it's the identification as self. That's the root of the problem, in a way, yes? One of its manifestations is alcoholism, but what's the root isn't alcoholism. Because a lot of us are not drinking and using, yeah? But the, we're still being freaking driven crazy by the head. The head hasn't gotten the message that I'm sober. <laughs> it got the message you're not drinking and using. <laughs> so we're just offering this idea. It's not a replacement for anything. It's not a threat to anything. It's just another possibility that I feel combined with the way of life of recovery and this design for living it can have a very, very, very profound impact on the person or persons that see it this way. Based on the old, my own experience. Yeah? So, there you go. Yeah. Alcoholism has to live off of something, isn't it? Alcoholism is an amplification of things. Yeah? It takes... It takes what's going on and amplifies certain qualities like 
seeing resentments, vengeance, vindictiveness, fucking sense of entitlement, terminal uniqueness, all these things grow in a, a, to a much larger fashion, which are attributes of obsession with self, yes? With alcoholism. It's like miracle grow on obsession with self. So, you scrape that, you scrape that rod, yeah, you flood it, you flood it with a lot of stuff, it ain't going to change anything dramatically because the rod is the housing, is the home for the staff to live on, yeah? Yeah? To get rid of alcoholism, you got to get rid of the house it lives in in a sense. You've got to see something about it, or it's just going to keep coming back. Yeah, Maybe not in the dynamic flare of drinking and using, but in a drip, drip, drip of bondage. Yeah. Yeah, so... And if you don't, you know, find anything out of this, far out. I hope you find something out of something else. Yeah. But I believe... We all have the right to hear about possibilities, I swear. Can you imagine if you were in a place and because of some weird protocol and shit, you weren't told that there's an exit door? You'd be super pissed after the fire if you survived, yeah? Oh, we didn't want to bother or whatever. Give me a freaking break, yeah? There is a solution. Yeah. So, all right, thanks. Awesome, Paul, thank you. Um, could I just ask you to close your door? It doesn't work, don't worry. Oh, okay, all right, all right, thanks, sorry, Paul. I'm gonna block it. Okay, yeah. well, um, we have- Hold on. Hold on. Okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna do it. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a no, pillow. It won't come in. <laughs> Down. I can move, but you know it's part of it. It's part of the bro. It's part of the event. Yeah. Absolutely, Bob. I appreciate you. Thank you. And uh, we have a first question coming up from Elio. Elio. Yeah. Yeah. My name's Elio. Oh. Hi. Hello. Uh, how you doing? My name's Elio. Um. So, uh, I don't know. Um, this is my first time with these meetings. I don't know what what's involved or we share or not but uh but uh okay my, my the problem is that uh right now the problem is that my son this morning told me to go fuck myself <laughs> and uh because i'm telling him a no i'm giving him a no when he wants a yes uh and uh and he's he wants a yes he's 19 years old he's an adult because he's obsessed with himself but he doesn't even acknowledge it he doesn't care uh, he doesn't see it like most people or whatever. Uh, so then that makes me feel like shit. Um, um, uh, so so then I don't know what to do with it. So, uh, but I'm gonna steal that one. Uh, I'm gonna steal something from you. Uh, when I'm losing my ass, if you remember that I'm putting my face on my ass and I'm thinking I'm losing my face when it's just my ass being lost. I like it. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. And listen, also, after the meeting, people stay around. And then uh, 
because sometimes there's uh, some relief in sharing it with other people who've experienced that stuff. Yes. So take advantage of the the meeting after the meeting. Yeah. Yeah. That was great. Thank you, Leo. Um, next up, we have Connor. Connor, I'm going to ask you to unmute. There we go. Connor? You have to unmute there, mate. Okay, you good now? Okay. Yeah, thank you. Um, hi, Paul. Uh, Connor, alcoholic. Um, I like listening to your words, you know, and um, sometimes when I am um, looking, for, looking for freedom from the tyranny of self, right, and, uh, and doing it through self-observation, sort of without judgment, you know what I mean? And that seems to be going fine. But I still find that um, sometimes I'm affected in my daily life through uh, dark forces in my personality or my conditioning or of my myself, like that um, that I'm not even aware of, and and it comes out in my behaviour sometimes. I'd like to hear your your take on that, um, on 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 how you continually um, deal with like your self observation and when when. Uh, yeah, when, when you find sometimes your conditioning just, just gets you into falling short, you know, you know, well, when you fall part short part through your conditioning. The, yeah, Connor, that's part of the process, though. When you're when you've been habitually uh, tied to a failed system and you start moving towards a working system, there are going to be these. Uh, these observations. So this is where you make amends and stuff, yes? This is where you bring up the stuff that shows up that seem to be dark forces in you to step six and seven, and you ask that power, and you're entirely ready for that power to reconfigure, hold on, to reconfigure this stuff you're noticing, yes? This is the part of, uh, this is the part of the process, yeah? perhaps there's a better way. So you're on that better way, you're moving, let's say, towards the light and away from the other. And uh, this is what occurs. It's not always smooth sailing. But, you know, in time you'll see and you'll have a sense that you're in good hands, which makes a lot of it much easier to travel through. Yeah. Who wants to hear like they're a fraud or they're a fucking this or that? No one does, in a way. But you get over this and you start learning that you can face life successfully and you take everything that happens to the steps. You'll see that one or more than one has a lot to do with what you think is happening, yeah? And you bring that. You admit you're powerless and you're not managerial quality and you ask that power to remove it or to direct your thoughts or direct your behavior. And you get into the habit of being sober and living sober. Yeah. So uh, I would say the force of your life is going in one direction and there's episodes where the old direction seems to flare up. Yeah. And the bigger picture, I think the uh, migration is probably going well. Yeah. Okay. You know, and then also yeah, definitely have 
you know, write some of this stuff down as a 10th step and share it with someone that you respect or whatever you work with in the program. Yeah, just do what we do. And then uh, what happens to us will and is happening to you. Yeah, so... Yeah, cool. Yeah, that's sort of like, I don't have any sort of lack of faith, like I'm convinced completely, you know, what I mean, there's no lack of faith there, you know. Um, but but still, I, I some, sometimes, unbeknownst to myself, that, you know, I I, uh, I do things that are sort of uncharacteristic, you know, I mean, well, not uncharacteristic, because that's me, you know. Um, yeah. Yes, yeah, well, I, this is why that stuff... When that stuff arises, I like to get it when it's arising, but even after the fact, that's that's in the the, the field of step six and seven, yeah? Yeah. Because a lot of times where it says in a vision for us, this power is going to constantly reveal to us, a lot of what it revealed in my experience is what I'm not, yeah? So I bring that to step six and seven. It's sort of like a rope that's, been uh, pre-tied, let's say, into a noose. So when I recognize that noose getting set up, I surrender that rope to the higher power and the rope reconfigures the noose and puts it to better use, yeah? That's sort of how I see it. So yeah, these old behaviors have momentum because they've been habits in, in Indian philosophy, they call them samskaras, deep mental grooves. Well, they play themselves out for a while, but you'll see they weaken over time because, you know, recovery progresses. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I had some I've shared before. I had this one thing that, uh, or it it had me really. (laughs) And I really tried to fit myself around it by, and which meant I had to really limit my affairs because it would come up in significant relationships and usually would be triggered around holidays more than a regular day. And I would get uh, paranoid about the person I was with's intentions. I'd project my own thinking into them and believe they were thinking about me like I was thinking about me. <laughs> and. It would be. It would cause of putting my foot in my mouth, and then acting out. Not just having it pass, but acting out the fears and the paranoia, and making a fool of myself. Usually, never physically getting that way, but emotionally abusive and uh, psychologically abusive. And. Uh, when I would come out of it, maybe it would be a few hours, maybe it would cause a a breakup of the relationship. It would last a day, day and a half. It would be like an emotional hangover. And I couldn't believe it. I had never had an emotional hangover. I always was getting loaded and shit. And it was really fucking a drag. And it would take sometimes three days to feel somewhat all right. So I, that was a real good teaching aid that this has got to stop and I can't stop it, so to speak. And I kept bringing it to six and seven, and it went on. It still had power to about the eleventh year, and uh, I remember it was New Year's Eve. I had a girlfriend. I was acting out. I went down to the car with this big huff that I was leaving, with no intention of leaving. 
I got to the car, called her right back up for round two. I wanted to rush back up to the apartment, make another ass of myself. I got up there to let the whole thing go fire, and then something did something for me I couldn't do for myself. It shut me up, yeah? And the acting out stopped. And it was the first time this storm had been interrupted, truly, in my life, yeah? It was incredible. I had given up all hope, and I, ba I was basically coming to one conclusion. I can't have a relationship with a person I really love. That was basically, I was coming to that conclusion because of this acting out. And what a, that's a pretty bad solution. <laughs> but that was what the, it looked like the only one that was going to work. And then uh, something just took a, the volume out of it and the fucking rage of it out of it. And it's never blown that heavy ever since. And now this is 22 years later. And uh, now I have the ability to be, to have a viable relationship with another person. Yeah. So uh, I trust this process because it's worked. Yeah. And I try to lend that trust to others who may not be trusting it because you're under the same guidance and you're in the same process I've been in and I'm telling you I truly believe we're in good hands and there's grace available for these changes to occur if we're just willing a little bit of willingness yeah and when someone tells you that you're not willing that's not you so just a little bit of willingness matches this huge amount of grace and things can be moved that you didn't believe could be moved. I'm serious. I was just going to have casual shit go on. I could not believe I could ever, I could, it would, would not come up if I didn't really, really like the person. It was a very weird thing. So, and I've seen that change. Yeah. So, I just, I really love the statement, trust the process. And for people that have been under the process, it doesn't stay as trust, it's faith, because it works, yeah? This process works. It's not a false advertising campaign. It actually works, yeah? That which you cannot believe can occur, can occur through you, but you not as the doer of it, yeah? So, thanks for the share, Connor. Cool. Thanks, Paul. Hey, Paul, I'm stepping in for Mike. Um, I want to ask you something about a thought that I had. Um, not your thought. <laughs> no, it's not. None of it is. None of it is. But, but anyway, I'm going to say it. So you talked about, you know, you know, taking the business inventory, right? And, and, and why that was put in there. And I'm thinking it pretty much answers it in the next sentence where it says it's a fact finding and fact facing. It's not an emotional thing. When I, when I go to the grocery store and, and, I, and I go to grab something off the shelf, I'm not having an emotional interaction with it. I'm just saying, I need this, I'm taking it. Or yeah. this, I don't need this, I'm going to leave it. Right. Yes. So yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I think that's what allows a fearless and thorough inventory. 
because we do we do feel this in thorough inventories on everyone else. <laughs> when you're at a meeting, you've done a few. <laughs> it may not be correct, but it's definitely fearless and thorough. This guy's an ass or something like that. Yeah. But turn upon ourself, then there's a lot of blindness. Well, because there's an identification as that. Yeah. The disease, the parasite of selfing does not want to be seen. Yeah. That's why it doesn't want you to do an inventory. Because if you look at your role in things, you're going to see its role in things sooner or later. And I hope by sharing this understanding, it will allow the sooner to occur than the later. Yeah. <laughs> you know, a few months ago, I said to my sponsor, I said, you know what? Why, why, why should I do this inventory? Why should I go to, to what started this fire to try and put it out? <laughs> and what you said just brought that up to me. It's because like, that's another it story other. it's telling me. You see it as other, yeah? Yeah. Because if you see it as other, a possibility that's being withheld from us becomes available, that you can be free from it. Mm -hmm. You cannot be free as it. We've tried many, 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 many ways. It, the freedom is from it, yeah? And how it can be from it is recognizing it's not you. If you keep calling it you, you're trying to have freedom as it, which doesn't work, yeah? It shrinks down to, if I get five minutes, it's worth all the consequences that are going to happen. That's a bad deal. That's a bad payoff cost ratio, yeah? To try to be free as self. Freedom from self can be a way of life, yeah? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I swear, it, that's exactly what happened. Something had was occurring, and then I read that page 64, and it was so clear that self, in my hearing of it, was a foreign agent. It was like a virus or something, or a past, uh, you know, a pathogen or a parasitical movement. Yeah, I saw it as other, and as soon as I saw it as other, a possibility dawned on me: Hey, I can be free from it. That's what happened. And then I had a flashback looking over all the years of living in a second, and it showed me the theme that I've been trying to get out of me as me most of my life, yeah? I was trying to get out of self as self. That's why nothing freaking really worked, yeah? I didn't know that. <laughs> it was very incredibly uh, enlightening information because I believed it was something was f faulty in me, yeah? Yeah, that I can't get it. But no, it's not. that's not the fact in my experience. The fact is, um, I, um, in the act of being identified as that which I want to get out of, how's that going to work? Yeah. So I'm hoping, you know, I figure this thing works, this idea, because I've seen it in a lot of people's faces when they get it. Yeah, just keep on putting out the information.
All right. Well, well, I don't see any more hands up, but I did have a question myself on on something, and, and maybe you could help clarify it for me. As I hear you talk about your role in things, and would that be the same? Can, can I can I relate that to in the book where it says my mistake? Would that be like? Would you would you would you talk on that a little bit? Is that is that basically saying the same thing but in different verbiage? Like sometimes I hear in meetings. Say the second part again. I missed that first. Okay, you say my role in my role in things. Is that yeah. the same when the book says we resolutely look for our own of our own mistake? Yes. Yeah. And then sometimes, excuse me, sometimes I hear people say like my part, which I don't really care too much for, but I understand it's in the it's in the language. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. See, this is where the language, but also uh where I don't I don't agree with the book. I don't agree with the book where it says we manufacture our own misery. I don't believe that. Yeah, there's a couple of things. This is why I don't, you know, what I see as the exact nature of the wrong on no, in those statements isn't being uh, communicated. Yeah. They're still believing that you did it all. And I'm not a believer in that. Yeah. Well, the, the way you present it, there's, it offers a, a tremendous amount of freedom. Yes, exactly. I mean, really, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the point. Yeah. <laughs> Even a little bit of freedom can go a long way. Yeah. So yeah. I feel like it allows a traveling lighter on a broad scale and, uh, after living life in that sort of uh, modality, I've come to really, really appreciate it a lot. Yeah, that uh, each day there's just a traveling lighter through whatever the day has in store for me. That's pretty cool. So, yeah, I had a ne I never found a solution that was really worthy of the term solution until that. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Paul. Now, yeah. uh, I see we have a question from Eric B. in Toronto. Eric B., I'm going to ask you to unmute. Come on in. There we go. Hey, Paul. Hey. Um, I guess you don't agree with the line in the book that it says all of our troubles of our own making. No, I don't. I don't agree with that, no. I think that's how you would see it in the act of being identified as self, yes. But in the act of the addiction, when we're in, when we're in it, you know, uh, making decisions based on self, right, too. Yes. See, the thing is, that's the language, but uh, based on self, you're not making the decision. Self is. <laughs> so... This, uh, again, is an ownership of shit you don't own or an identification as the one that's making the decision. I wouldn't say you're making a decision based on self. I think, I think uh, <laughs> the decisions are being made by self, in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. And that's all. I mean, what I, when I read the book, and I come to those points, I feel like the influence of the program 
hadn't had enough time to bring them to that point. Yeah, they only had a few years of sobriety, and they were they were trying to be of help to the fucking hopeless variety of people. Yeah, I believe uh, other people that idea that was offered in AA has gone farther. They've seen more about what's happening. Yeah. Yeah, that's all. I mean, everything, the design for living is incredible. You know, it, any person who would ever follow this way of life would probably come out better. But because it's been pigeonholed as only for alcoholics or addicts, uh, the, the effect it has can, is severely limited. Yeah, it would be nice if just quote-unquote normal people could access it and be motivated to use it. But this is what happens, yeah? The self, uh, I really believe, see, if it has a parasitical nature, the, the relationship inside of you isn't win-win. It's win-lose, yeah? And you're the loser. Yeah. It's not like a win-win, kumbaya event. The parasite is living through you. You're not, it's not sharing the situation. It's, not, it's dominating. Yeah. It's cut to a point where it's outsized. Yeah. And it's running the freaking show. It's playing God. Like it says in page 63, quit playing God. It doesn't work. Well, if you're identified as that which is playing God, it will be that which is playing God that will try to quit playing God, which is playing God. Ad infinitum. Where, how can that which is playing God quit playing God? It just goes on and on. So you see the futility of self trying to get out of self. Hallelujah. That's the whole point. So that there's a surrender yeah, and then you have the experience that you're placed in a position of neutrality. You didn't fucking strive to arrive at that point of neutrality. You're placed there. Something has done for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. No human power could get us sober or really keep us sober, but something does, yeah? So this is a reliance on whatever you want to call it, higher power spirit program. It doesn't turn into a self-reliance program, yeah? When you get better, it doesn't. So, there you go. Um, I want to know. I want to know your definition on the words "thought life." Thought life. Yeah. I would just say the occup the, the occupying activity in the head, the stream of, you know, call and response that goes on. So false evidence, and then the reaction is it appears real. You know what I mean? The thoughts present false evidence, and then the reaction from us in bondage, it appears real, which is, and then decisions are made on that faulty evidence, and we usually get jackpotted sooner or later. And then we blame it on every fucking one else and shit like that. And then we try to get immediate relief by getting loaded, and then the cops knock on the door, and you feel like, why? Why? I'm not doing anything, and on and on, yeah. We've done that, been there, over and over and over again. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, 
<laughs> the selfing, the parasite talks to us as us. Yeah. That's how it gets the audience's attention. We think it's talking about us. We think it has our best interest at heart. It doesn't. It's a parasitical movement. It wins, you lose. Yeah. <laughs> You're not going to turn it into a service animal. You're not. Yeah. It's too late to try to discipline it. It lives by its nature, which is to claim and to have a life by taking hours in a way. Yeah. I try to make it brutally emphasized. It's not always that way, but we're trying to get a message across to look at some things that are going on in us as other. Yeah, because the root of the problem is identification. So a lot of mental activities we call out. It's like a, I went to see some old friends on a Zoom, a AA meeting. And so they were talking to me about the old days when we used to do talks at this place. And so they were saying, you know, you don't think that you're, you're the one that's beating the heart, do you? You think the heart is beating, yes? But why do you think you're thinking? Why wouldn't you say it's the brain thinking? Why do you say it's your thinking when you won't say it's you're beating the heart? This is my beating. You don't say that, right? It's the heart beating. Yeah. Why don't, why do, why is there, because the problem resides in the head, you see? Yeah. It allows us to see clearly, yeah, the heart is what's beating, but it doesn't allow us to see clearly that it's the brain that's thinking. Yeah. We are the ownership of the thoughts because the thoughts want to have us. So by us having them, we open a door to be had by them. That's how it bonds us. Yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't you, wouldn't it be more true to say this, the brain is thinking, wouldn't it? Instead of I'm thinking. Really, if you, if you use the language, yeah, it would be the brain's thinking, but we just nonchalantly keep saying it's me thinking, me thinking. That's reinforcing the bondage of self. Yes. How can you not see that? It's happens thousands of times, day in and day out. So all the while you're being put into a trance, there may be a small little narrative that you'd like to get out of the trance. <laughs> but all the while, the trance is, you're relying on the trance to get out of the trance. <laughs> the trancing just keeps putting you asleep. You're calling a product of some activity yours. Yeah, I'm thinking. My thinking's driving me crazy. It's not your thinking. Never was, nor will it be. Yeah? Tell me how you think a thought. Tell me. Describe it. If you're doing it all day, can't I would imagine you could describe it. Yeah? If you're the doer of millions of millions of thoughts in this life, you and you can't describe how you do it, Wait a minute, that's a little suspicious, yeah? Is it? Yeah. I turned on this machine millions and millions of times. Oh, Paul, describe how you turn on the machine. I have no idea. 
I guess you don't have anything to do with the machine getting turned on. <laughs> what does it look like? Is there a posture when you're thinking? I'm in a posture of thinking. I'm thinking. Look at this. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. <laughs> We're believing so much shit as if it's true. You don't realize uh, how much false evidence is appearing real. It's incredible. Yeah, it's unbelievable. <laughs> well, yeah. Thanks, Paul. Yeah. I don't know where we were with that, but yeah. Oh, that's awesome, Paul. We're See, right I do not believe that we are the cause of where we are the problem. I don't believe it. I'd say we're identified as a, as the problem for sure. Yeah, but I don't believe we're the problem. How could have th how could have this happened if we were? Wouldn't the wouldn't the problem stay the problem if it's the problem? Yeah, it sure seems like it's changed a whole lot. Yeah. I believe alcoholism has us. We don't have alcoholism. Yeah. I believe thoughts have us. I believe resentments have us. This whole idea that I have a resentment or I have this is a sense of false ownership. That's that's another link to the bondage of self. Yeah. Does it feel like when you're in active alcoholism, do you feel like, oh, I have alcoholism? I'm walking around today. It's getting a little unruly. No, it feels like it has you. Yeah, doesn't it? It's how it felt with me. I feel like I'm possessed. Oh, I have a little possession. I think I'm going to entertain for a little while. No, I have a possession, you know, something, a possession has me. I'm under the possession of something else. This is the point of the third step. Why is it only a decision? It doesn't say turn your will and life over to the care of higher power. It says make a decision because at that point, you don't. it's not under your control. You're under a false occupation. Something has you. Yeah? You can't turn your will and life over because your will and life has been taken over already by something else. So you have to make a decision for that to occur, and then we do the working steps to do what? To diminish the influence of the problem so that we can have the living solution of the third step. Yeah. If this was us, we would just turn your will in life. Let's go. Turn it over right now. You can't. Something's occupying you. There would only be three steps. You're fucked. Something can unfuck you. Turn your own life over to it. Live an unfucked life the rest of the time. No. There's nine more steps because there is something. The, this problem has a unique quality. It's the act of being identified as it. We're not having the problem. We believe we are the problem. Yeah? So we need to do steps to break this 
trance in a certain way. So let a little light out so that we think it's coming in, but it's actually being released so that we see what's going on a little bit. And then we start recognizing what we're not and we bring it to six and seven. And then when we fall to meet the the level of living these principles or our affairs, we make amends. Yeah. And we we intend to be to do it different and on and on. And we live a life relying on spirit. Yeah. Yeah. And then the thought, whatever that thing said, the thought form or whatever, is put in a more subordinate position, not the dominant fucking thing. Yeah. And then we live by intuition and sudden realizations, yes, and ahas. Yeah, yeah. And then thoughts hopefully become more of a comedy resource than a fucking newscast, yeah. Seriously. So, yeah. All right. All right. Well, uh, Gabe, you had a hand up. I, I didn't. You, I see you took your hand down. I don't know if the question was answered or um, just what. If you, okay, yeah, Gabe, come on in. Let me ask you to unmute. There you go. Yeah. <clears throat> Hi, Gabe, alcoholic. Yeah, you know, just to be sure, you know, whether or not you know, identify with with the self as, you know, having a part and stuff, um, the eye that the world sees is still accountable for, for those actions. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the law and other people and so forth. Yes. Well, accountable is quite different than responsible. Yeah. I'll use the example you always use, which is I have a dog. I walk the dog. The dog goes on the neighbor's lawn, takes a shit. Yeah, does it a couple of times. I get a call from the neighbor and says, hey, your dog just took a big shit on my lawn. I say, oh, I'm sorry. I won't walk it by your house anymore and I'll be right over there. I pick up the shit of the dog because I'm accountable for the dog. It's under my supervision. I'm accountable for its behavior to some extent. Yeah, I go home. I'm not responsible. I don't feel like I shit on people's lawns for 30 years because of the dog shitting on the lawn. Yes? I'm not a lawn shitter. All this stuff. It has its little life because I don't see that I'm responsible, but I am accountable. Yeah? It's a totally different beast. Yeah. I believe the accountability hadn't been arrived yet when they put out the book. They have they the importance of being responsible was supremely important because I believe when I was younger I felt an inordinate amount of responsibility for a lot of stuff I had nothing to do with. Like if I walked into a room and someone yawned, I thought it was because I was boring. Yeah, and when my mother told me and the doc, family doctor told me my father wasn't going to be able to play with me as much because he was severely ill. I thought, what did I do to cause my father not to want to play with me? So I had an, an, an inappropriate amount of responsibility. So I got relief from that by getting loaded and being a bad guy. So I became incredibly irresponsible. I come into the program and one of the first big waves of recovery is seeing your role in things. Because I didn't want to see my role in things. Yeah, 
because it was too much of a burden. So my reaction to being inordinately responsible was an extreme reaction. I'm not going to be responsible for fucking anything. Yeah? So I do an inventory, and I get to a fourth column, and I see the connection of why this was that because of this. Yeah? And I started to own up for, and be responsible. But as I kept seeing my role in things, I saw something else's role in things, which is called self in the program. And I saw that self manifested in various ways is what had defeated me or us. Not me, self. I saw that. And I have never unsaw it for 30, whatever, I don't know how many years now. It doesn't matter the years. I've never not seen it that way, ever. Yeah. So I recognize there's something going on while I'm doing shit that's doing a lot of shit. And I better do an inventory and recognize its patterns of how it defeats me or I'm going to be living from the defeat. Yeah. And that's what I did. And that's why, in my feeling, steps six and seven are the most active steps that I'm involved with because life constantly reveals more of what I'm not to me. And I bring that to be changed by a power greater than myself. Yeah. So, yeah, responsibility hopefully leads to some accountability. If you want to stay responsible the rest of your life and think you're the root of the problem and uh, you manufactured all your own misery and stuff like that, far out. I'm just putting out an idea. See what happens. Yeah? <laughs> I'm not, I don't really care if I change people or not. I feel you have the right to hear it. That's all. Yeah. Yeah, this is a big one, the responsibility thing. Yeah. Accountability is not shirk responsibility. I did all the amends in my life. Yes. And I've lived a lot of the living amends in my life. Yeah. Accountability wasn't used to shirk responsibility. Accountability was the appropriate progression from seeing my role in things. I saw something else's role in things. I'm accountable for that role, but I'm not responsible for that. Yes? Yeah. As you say, because we're in Rome, we have to do as the Romans do. But I'm not truly a Roman citizen. Yeah. I believe I'm truly from the fourth dimension. <laughs> to tell you the truth, and I'm on a work visa. Now it's a vacation visa here. Before it was a work visa. Uh, an enslaved visa. Now it's a uh, vacation visa. <laughs> and you're never going to convince me I'm of the third dimension. So don't try it. <laughs> and you're never going to convince me that I did all that shit that was done under the influence. You're not. I'm just... It's just ridiculous. I... <laughs> who would have come up with a decision to get on all fours and look in a rug for anything that you can imagine as a as a, a particle of cocaine <laughs> and then actually believe it and put it in your arm through an injection yeah you're gonna tell me i did that give me a break 
<laughs> Maybe the, there's, there's value in the extreme. When you've gone so extremely in decisions based on self, it's going to show you that something else is living through you, man, I feel. Because there's no way you can make sense that you ever did chose to do a, a lot of the shit that you did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you could see that when you dropped the wine on the white rug. Yeah, I did that. But I mean, being taken to an extreme condition, I mean... Uh, there's a lot of illumination in what's going on there if you can survive it. Yeah. You can see shit you won't see in everyday life because it will, the contrast will be very fucking extreme. You'll feel almost like you're being gnawed or chewed on by the parasite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> I see it in others now, you know. I see it in others being devoured by something that's not of them. Yeah, being devoured by it with no understanding what's going on, none at all. You know, in that that part of the uh, We Agnostics part on page 53, he starts the whole thing with the condition without knowing it. Yeah, That's a lot of times, that's, the, that's where we find ourselves with active addiction and without knowing it. We have no idea what's going on. Do we? We have a lot of ideas what's going on. None of them are close to what's happening. Yeah. Hmm. What is the exact nature of the wrong if it is an identification as self? What is it then? What is it? Why would they say self can't get out of self? That would be a cruel thing to say. Yeah. But in fact, the joy of it is you're not self. That's awesome. Yeah. Tell me what the exact nature of the wrong is. Is it obsession? No, that's not it. That's the obsessions reinforce the identification. They have a purpose. Yeah. Unbeknownst to us, their purpose is to reinforce the identification. You obsess over self. We don't. There's an obsession over self to reinforce the identification as self. Yeah, the system reinforces the system. Yeah. That's why if you're identified with the system, you're being misled, mostly. Yeah. Because it's not living for you, it's living to support and reinforce the system of self-centeredness. You would think people completely fucked would be able to figure out why, don't you? 
I mean, if it was an outside thing that was stabbing me, and I was stabbed 50 times, I'd recognize it pretty well, that it's outside, and he's got a he's six foot two and whatever, yeah? I would be able to have a clear understanding who the hell's stabbing me. What about this? Do you believe you're, you actually are at causes and conditions, do you? Or are you at, fix, at effects and circumstances? Yeah. Causes. The causes sets up certain conditions. Yeah. Those conditions cloud the cause. Yes? The parasite <coughs> disguises itself as the host. Yeah? We're not getting to causes and conditions. What's the cause of the condition I'm in? Is it me or is it something else? Bill W. had a moment, he saw it, said it on page 64, being convinced self manifested in various ways is what has defeated us yeah it sure sounds like it's foreign to us yeah or he would have said being convinced us manifested in a lot of ways has defeated us all right then we are the problem then we are manufacturing our misery yeah but he doesn't say that he says self and us that sort of sounds like an other yeah that us is separate from self, <clears throat> yet self manifests through us and defeats us by its manifestations. How could that occur unless we were identified as self? Yeah, especially to the extent of the hostility that it treats the host, you would think the host would get rid of it pretty fast. Yeah? But the host doesn't see it as anything other than the host. So how can it get rid of it? Yeah? How far can you throw yourself? You can't. Yeah? You can't lift yourself up and throw it. You can't abandon you because you're you. Yeah? If you abandon you, you're still there after the abandonment. But you can abandon self because you're not you. You're not self. Yeah? You can abandon it. Well, how, what does it look like to abandon self? It looks like a loss of interest in self. That's what it looks like, yeah? <laughs> a loss of interest in it. <laughs> That's exactly what it looks like. There will be a loss of interest in the abandoned self. And what happens? There will be a gaining of interest in what? I don't know. Find out. You'll have a life of... Uh, finding out, yeah? And there'll be a lot of surprises because how you thought things were and were going to be and are has been sorely mistaken, yeah? And there'll be a great relief for how well you're treated. You would never have thought you deserved it, tell you the truth, yeah? You never thought that, you never thought you had it coming, yeah? 
There's a giving up of old ideas. Not by the old idea, which is self, but a giving up of old ideas. Yeah? And the self just has doesn't have a floor to stand on. Yeah? Yeah. So... All right, Mike, or anyone, whatever. Thank you, Paul. Um, that's all the hands we have up today. So um, I, what an awesome meeting. Thank you so much. You clarified a lot for me, and I'm sure others today. So thank Don't you, take my word for it. Just see where they land, yeah? This ain't me I'm telling you. I felt like it coming through ever since I shared in AA. Yeah? But I don't feel it as a foreign spirit. I feel it as what I am, really. Yeah. Most of the day is about what I'm not, running around, you know, worrying about, do these pants look good or shit like that? Yeah. It's not doing any harm. I don't really care. You know, it's just grazing aimlessly, you know, like a free-range alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> but these ideas were not of my own making. They just, I just, things came through and I've seen things. Yeah. And I try to embellish it so that maybe by the contrast, you can get a picture of, of it. Because its root of longevity in us is based on we're identified as it. Seriously. <laughs> it really is. We're giving it life. Yeah, we are. It doesn't have a life of its own, really. It needs ours. Yeah, I'd much rather have that life given over to the higher power and to be directed by that spirit than self. Yeah, I would. Yeah. All right, thanks, guys. Thank you, everyone. I'm going to say hello and goodbye to everybody. Yeah. Steve, okay. nice to see you sticking with us. Fantastic. Appreciate you here. Rob Farr, as always. Great pleasure. We got uh, Gabe. Nice to see you, Gabe. Thanks for the question today. Paul, always. You know, you can wish T-shirts soon, Paul. Don't worry. Yeah. Don't. <laughs> Don't cover up the billboard. All right. We got Mike O from the UK. Fantastics. We got Mike from uh, San Francisco. He's the organizing principal of Zen Bitch Slap. We got uh, Alex. Uh, Alex, I just talked to my old friend. Nice to see you. Yeah. Yeah. We got Roman from Germany. Always a pleasure. Tommy's got a different color of the background. That's cool. We got Helen from Northern uh, England. Always a pleasure to see Helen. We got my uh, gruffy old friend Jeff from Southern California. He's chilling out, which is his nature, I think. It's very cool. Uh, let's see. We've got Kurt Z, the man of Redondo Beach. What a pleasure to know Kurt. Man. Yeah, good to see you, Paul. Thanks for your shares today. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, you're a solid dude. Good. Rich A, nice to see you. 
He's lacking his better half, but that's okay. Nice to see you, Rich. Oh, there she is. Nice to see you, honey. We got Mika, the matriarch of Madeira. Yeah. Yeah. We got Walter from the Netherlands. My brother from another mother. <laughs> we got John, John D, one of my favorite people in recovery. Paulie, 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 I'm coming up to see you. Oh, good. Yeah, let me know. I'm away this weekend, but we're... Uh... Oh, if anyone lives around Grass Valley, we're going to do two live talks up there this weekend. It's on the website. It's Northern California. Uh, in an outdoor place, yeah. Should be nice. And we're going to have the Zooms done t at the same time. But the Zooms on Saturday are going to be sun 12 o'clock instead of 1.30. And Sunday we'll have another Zoom at 12. All right, we got Stefan on Having Never Left. Always a pleasure to see you. We got Chris T. Nice to see you, Chris, there. Da, 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 da. I'm waiting, but uh, there he goes. Nice to see you. We got Ruby Rose from Wichita. Always a pleasure. Michael Stacy from Madeira. Madeira is a giant non-duality spot. It's non-Madeira. Yeah. <laughs> Non-Madeira. Uh, Anne, fantastic to see you from Chicago. Connor, thank you for the share today from Dublin. We're all in this together, bro. Uh, you know, all the rough spots will get sanded down. Yeah. Yeah, go oh, back be, lucky. Hmm? be lucky, I said. Yeah. Go. So we got Vicky. Vicky's getting ready, putting the mask on. Yeah. We got Dale O. Nice to see you, Dale. Thank you. You're welcome, Dale. We got Leah, one of the first uh, characters here. Yeah. We got uh, a long phone. Oh, this is a. Uh, it's. I gotta, I gotta say this name. I can't see it. It's uh, Janina. P. Janina down in Palm Desert. Nice to see you, honey. Yeah. Taking it easy. We got Nina. Yes. There she is. Nice to see you, Nina. All right. All's okay. Oh, good. We got uh, Rockville Center, PK from Long Island. Hey, thanks, Paul, man. Who would have thought, man, that like a meeting like this with the squares would give us maybe what we were looking for when we were drinking. And I love what you said, you know, try it on, see how it works. It's amazing. I love, I love it, man. I, you know, and I appreciate it. Thank you so much, my man. Quote Thank you, my friend. Thank you. When I come back east, I'll let you know. I yeah, usually man. go to Dover, New Jersey, so uh, to awesome. do some talks around all around there. Yeah. We got Jess from Ireland. There she is. She's look what a beautiful view. She's look gazing. Gazing for to gazing into a bright future. Yeah, very nice. Malcon. There he is. The main man. Malcon is the uh Behind the empire, the Zen bitch slap empire. We got Eric D. from Toronto. It's a little cold there today, eh, Eric? You got your insulated jacket? Yeah. Kaiser from Los Angeles. Oh, yeah, rainy? Yeah, very rainy. Uh, you'll, be out here, you'll be out here soon. We're going to get you out here. Oh, yeah, yeah. I like, I, I, 
been going to Toronto for about 13 years. 14 years or something. <laughs> yeah, I go there a lot. Kaiser from Los Angeles now. Nice to see you. Yeah. Driving some very important people. Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> All right. We got uh, Maggie. Always Maggie. Yes. And uh, that's it, I think. Let's, let's go back to the first square. I think I get everybody. Hey, listen. Yeah. Let's not take ourselves too seriously today. <laughs> yeah. See you, Mike. Adios. Alex, see you. Take it easy there. Yeah. Bye, Paul. Thank you.